Welcome to episode 2 of Happily Reformed, a podcast where we discuss practical theology for the average Joe from a Reformed perspective. I am your host, Jimmy Snowden. In this second installment of the Happily Reformed podcast, I want to talk about what it means to be a servant of Christ. So, sit back and enjoy the show. In this episode, we're going to be looking at Philippians chapter 1, verse 1. I'm just going to read it real quick. Paul, the Apostle Paul writes, Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are at Philippi, with the overseers and deacons. Now, what is interesting here is how Paul identifies himself. He says, Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus. Now, this this is a letter, Philippians is a letter that Paul wrote to the church in the city of Philippi. Philippi is a real city. It uh, Paul wrote this, you know, he lived in the first century, so about 2,000 years ago. And uh, Philippi is a real city in... Uh, what would be today uh, modern-day Greece. And uh, Paul was a missionary. He was, as you know, the missionary to the Gentiles. And Paul traveled all around the Mediterranean world. There's the Mediterranean Sea, and he traveled all around it. And Philippi is kind of in the north and the east of Greece. Uh, It was, I think, uh, Macedonia in, uh, in the ancient world. 2,000 years ago, um, but today it's in modern-day Greece, and if you, you think of, uh, of Greece and you go up and to the east of Greece, you will run into Turkey, and then, uh, then you get to the eastern side of the Mediterranean Sea, and there's Israel, um, but, but what's important to note is that this is a letter. Uh, Paul wrote this letter just as I would write a letter to my my grandma or you know to a pen pal or something like that or maybe an email or something this is a letter that Paul wrote Paul was a real historical person he was an apostle and it says Paul and Timothy Timothy was uh, Paul's missionary assistant and um, so but but Paul is writing this letter and he's writing it to uh, you can just see it here in the passage to all the saints in Christ Jesus who were at Philippi. So he's writing to the church in the city of Philippi. And you can you can go right now on Google Maps and you can find Philippi on the map. It's still there. Um, and it is it's a it's a real historical place. There were real historical people who lived there. Paul was a real historical person and um, and he wrote this letter to them. And what is most noteworthy is that Paul was a man with authority in the church. He was an apostle. An apostle is one who is sent out, a delegated authority, one who is sent out as a representative from an authority. Um, And so he came with the authority of Christ himself. But this man who had this great authority in the church, how does he identify himself? Well, he says, Paul and Timothy 
servants of Christ Jesus. He identified himself, he saw himself fundamentally as a servant. And that, that's incredible. You know, we, we, we think about people who are in positions of authority and they like to throw their weight around and they like to do all these things. But Paul, you know, following in the footsteps of Christ, Christ, you know, as the, as the creator and sustainer of all things, he came and he said, I did not come to be served, but to serve and give my life as a ransom for many. And the Apostle Paul, although he is um, an apostle with authority, he does not see himself as a big shot. He sees himself as a servant of Christ Jesus. And all I want to touch upon in this episode is just the fact that we are servants. What What is our fundamental identity as Christians? Yes, we are children of God. We're adopted into the family of God. Uh, but and that is very much so. That's a very fundament. That's very fundamental to who, who, who are you as a Christian? Well, I'm certainly a child of God. That's probably the fundamental identity. But as a child of God, I'm also a servant of Christ Jesus. I'm a servant. You know, who, whoever you are, whatever you do, if you're a Christian, this is, this is true of you. You're a servant. This is part of your fundamental, foundational identity. Whether you're a full-time pastor, or a student, or a teacher, or a lawyer, or a construction worker, or a stay-at-home mom, whatever it is, whether you're a senior citizen, or a child, or a middle-aged person, it doesn't matter who you are, it doesn't matter what you do, how old you are, if you're a Christian, this is part of your fundamental identity. You're a servant. You're a servant. Now, it's interesting that... um, in First uh, Thessalonians chapter one, Paul speaks about the uh, Thessalonian Christians, and and by the way, Thessalonica, the town of Thessalonica is right next to Philippi, and Paul speaks about the reception that he had when he preached the gospel to the people of Thessalonica. And there was, you know, mixed reviews, as there always is when the gospel is preached. But um, we see the reception that Paul got uh, when he uh, preached the gospel in Thessalonica. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 9, Paul says, For they themselves report concerning us the kind of reception we had among you, and how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God. And there he's talking about, the conversion of the Thessalonians. And what marked their conversion? Their conversion, their salvation, their, their conversion to Christ it was a conversion from serving idols to serve the living and true God. So before they were Christians, they were they devoted their lives to serving idols. But now that they have been um, saved by the gospel of grace, they are now, their life is now characterized by devotion to serving Christ, to serving the living and true God. It's just, you know, incredible that this is, this is who we are as Christians. We are those who have been saved by God, but we haven't been just, just been saved by God to sit on our hands. We've been saved to serve. And I know that many people would ask the question, you know, why didn't God just transport me to heaven the moment I believed on him for salvation? And the answer is because he has work for you to do. 
you're a servant. And so you, you exist in, in this world to do his will. And he has you here because he has work that he wants you to perform. L- listen to what uh, Paul says to the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians chapter 6. He's speaking here in the context of, of sexual immorality. Um, but he says in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19, he says, Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. Paul says you are not your own. You're not your own. What is a servant? A servant is one who exists to do the will of his master. It's what a servant does. A servant exists to do the will of his master. And you and I, if you're a Christian, you are a servant of Christ Jesus. You have been saved to serve the living and true God. You are not your own. You've been bought with a price. And what's the price? You've been bought with the blood of Jesus, with his life. He laid his life down to purchase you for himself with with the cost of his blood. You are not your own. Your life is not your own. Your time is not yours to do what you want with. Your energy is not yours to do what you want with. Your money is not yours to do what you want with. And I and I, I include myself in on this as well. I, my money is not mine to do what I want with. No, our, our, your life is everything that you are and all that you have belongs to him. He bought you. You belong to him. And he has the right, he has rights over you. You're his child. You're his creature. You're a servant. Now, of course, you know, in our day and age, um, the thought of being a servant of someone is seen as a bad thing. Well, that's because if you're a servant of a man, men are totally depraved. And men, um, you know, they they abuse their power and their authority. And so it is kind of a a scary thought to be be a servant of, of another man. But in the gospel, the good news of the gospel is that I'm not owned by any man other than the Lord Jesus Christ. And Jesus is the perfect master. Jesus does not abuse his authority as other men do. Jesus used his authority as my master, as my king, not to trample my rights, not to hold me down, not to condemn me, but he, he as my master, used his authority to purchase me at the cost of his own life, dying on the cross under the wrath of God. He who was, ri- he who was rich for our sakes became poor in order that we through his poverty might become rich. That's a beautiful passage out of 2 Corinthians chapter 8. But, but it's true that the, the one who calls you his servant, your master, Jesus, is the very one who died for you and stands before the right hand of God right now and intercedes for you. He is a good master. He is a, it is a wonderful thing to be a servant of Christ. But it does mean this, that you are not your own. You don't get to just live whatever sort of life you want to live. You don't just get to do whatever you want to do. 
you don't have the right or the authority to just chase whatever dream you want to chase. You belong to him. He bought you with his own blood. So therefore, you are to glorify God in your body. So, so where does all this come from? From uh, Philippians chapter 1, Paul and, and Timothy servants of Christ Jesus. This is our this is a who we are as Christians. We are servants. We exist to do the will of our master. Now, you know, this can be applied in a million different ways. If you think about your work, uh you think about your family, you think about your your downtime, your weekends. This is Memorial Day weekend. Um you know, what you do on the long weekend you know, your your life is his. You belong to him. Your voice is his. Your time and your money, everything that we have belongs to him. We are servants. We are slaves. That's what the word is in Philippians 1.1. 1, 1. Paul and Timothy, slaves or servants. It's the word doulos. It can be translated either way. And what a joy it is to have a master who loves us, who gave his life for us, and does, and he does not call us to serve him because he needs us. We don't serve him as though he needed anything. He calls us to serve him because he wants us to know him. And he wants us to, to, to live our lives in such a way where we exist for him. And then you see this uh, same sort of a thing, and uh, not to make this too long, but in uh, Colossians chapter 1, where all things were created by him, through him, and for him. We exist for him. So anyways, that's all I have for you in this uh, installment of the Happily Reformed podcast. We'll catch you on the next one. Well, I hope that you enjoyed this second episode of the Happily Reform podcast. As always, I am open to any feedback that you can provide. I'd love to hear from uh, my listeners. Uh, You can always reach me by emailing me at happilyreformed at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you, and I hope that you enjoyed the episode. Please like, subscribe, subscribe to the podcast, rate it. I'm going to say it again. Stu Brigier always says, if you're going to rate the podcast, the appropriate number of stars is five stars. (laughs) So uh, rate it and please share it. Share it on social media. Share it with your friends. Um, Let them know that, that this podcast is out here for their encouragement. So we'll catch you on the next one. Stay happily reformed.